What is up, everyone? Welcome to Yanks Go Talking, the weekly U.S. soccer podcast. Thank you for listening or watching wherever you are. If you are listening on a podcast network, please leave a positive review for us as we are trying to reach more people. Today, we have an amazing episode where we are going through our roster for the October World Cup qualifying selections. We're going to go through who we want to see there. We're going to go through who we think Greg will call in. And then we want to hear from you as well. So before we start, thanks to Jared from Cleveland, who is a Patreon Ultra supporter. And today's episode is special. No no special numbers, but I think we have a lot to talk about with this roster coming out. Before we do get to the roster, Ryan, Tom, how are you guys? What's going on this week? Uh, not much. Uh, doing pretty been... well. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you take Damn. it. You take it. <laughs> okay. Not much, Jake. It's been a pretty good week. Uh, just finished a run on some telescopes, which was a blast, and threw my first birthday party for myself in a half decade last night. So, uh, wild times that that finally happened again after so long. Happy belated then, Tom. Uh, yeah, for going pretty well out here in Germany as well. Uh, just had a nice get-together in our cul-de-sac to where we had some of our local German neighbors over and introduced them to some homemade Mexican food. So they were pretty excited about that. It's pretty hard to come by out here. And I grew up in San Diego. So I feel like I've got some pretty good uh, recipes dialed in. And uh, they were definitely pretty surprised and seemed like they enjoyed it. They all took home leftovers. So I think I did all right. It was pretty cool. Nice. So the Americans living in Germany making authentic Mexican food for the Germans <laughs> out there. Sounds about right. <laughs> How do yeah. you say cold? The palest guy German? on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, which is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So before we get to the roster, we have to talk about some of our standout performances from last week. I have a few on my mind, but I want to hear from you guys first. Tom, did you have any players, coaches, Americans, anyone that stood out to you over the last week? I mean, I know that it's cliche, but how about Jossie's artist buying two goals yesterday? <laughs> you just had to bring him up. First opportunity. <laughs> I mean, it's in good form. The, some good goals as play. well. Yeah. No, I mean, he he's in, he had a good game this week. He's probably one of the standout MLS performers as a whole, probably make team of the week. So that's probably my main standout performer right now. Nice. Ryan, how about you? Uh, yeah, for some standout performers, I thought uh, Miazga had an incredible game for Alaves on Saturday. Uh, for them to shut out Atletico Madrid was pretty impressive. It was a uh, Atletico Madrid without uh, Jao Felix, but still, uh, anytime that you can keep them to a clean sheet is always a pretty impressive performance. Julian Green took on his old parent club of Bayern Munich, and I thought he looked pretty impressive while he was out there as well. Uh, he definitely didn't look like a defensive liability, which is some of the things that I hear people say are some knocks on him. He won four out of five duels that he had, so it was pretty impressive. Uh, he's taken corners for them, created a few good opportunities. They still ended up losing 3-1, but it's Firth versus uh, Bayern, so it's kind of to be expected. Overall, I liked his play. And then uh, Yunus Musa getting 86 minutes for Valencia the other day. He looked really good, created some good opportunities off the right wing. 
Uh, he's one of those players that I think it'll be hard for Greg to decide whether he wants to play him centrally or play him out wide, but it's, it's good to have some flexibility there. And uh, I thought he put in a really impressive performance. It's a good thing also, too, that we're not doing uh, Stars and Strikes this week because to, to comment on Tom's player of the week, one of my strikes definitely would have been Montreal's defense. <laughs> Le- <laughs> left a bit too much space to have Giassi yeah. with a left foot banger. It's wide open. <laughs> but uh, I do enjoy that, you know, we're 14 episodes in, Ryan. We've had you on for, I think this is episode number three. And Tom's already got his Giassi out of the way. You've already got your Julian Green out of the way. So both of your favorite players we've already touched on this week. We've already <laughs> talked about. Um, I thought, yeah, all of those were definitely standout performances. If I could just add a few. Uh, Timothy Weah started for Lille. He had an assist to Jonathan Davids. There was a CONCACAF connection. And then he got bloodied up, but came back in and drew a penalty that won Lille the game. Chris Richards also seemed to have an excellent game for Hoffenheim as they beat Wolfsburg, who John Anthony Brooks started for. And Jesse Marsh and his Leipzig team got back on track with a 6-0 victory over Hertha. So a lot of good American performances. As we speak, Serginho Dest is having himself a game as left back for Barcelona. He had one assist and some dribbles that we've come to know from, uh, from Dest. But the game's not over. Maybe when this comes out, he'll have a few more stats to pad the sheet. Uh, but anyone else that we missed, guys? Uh, one other person that I would point out, too, was uh, McKenny midweek. Uh, finally got a start and played for Juventus. And he came out and had a pretty good performance. Um, it was nice to see him finally get back in the squad and get some regular minutes. He was, I think, one of the more impressive midfielders uh, on the field. Seeing him play a little bit further forward, I like him in that position as the eight is able to push forward and get into the box. He's really dangerous in the air, and he can definitely create through the middle as well. So I was happy to see him get some minutes to give him the window. I think he's he hasn't had since the last window, hasn't had a lot of minutes since then. So it was good for him to get a few under his legs. Definitely. And the game said he did play after coming back from the U.S. camp didn't seem to be that great. So good to see him get his feet back under him. I think Juve also played last night, if I'm not mistaken, and he was subbed on on a 3-2 victory. All right. And then so, Joe Scally, right. I think, deserves a mention as well. Very Joe Scally true. Very started true. and went, did he go full 90, I think, for uh, yeah. back against yeah. Dortmund? Drew a red card? Had a solid performance for himself. He, he might have the most minutes of any American in the Bundesliga this year. He's, he's he played does. almost every game for Gladbach. Yeah, he's played every game, and uh, he's been one of the more, more healthy players. So it's not only a war of attrition, but a war of nutrition as well. Whoa, <laughs> wise words from a decent man. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Joe Scally, let's talk about this October roster, guys. So he's definitely a player that I have on my list of someone that needs to be called in for the first time. But there are many other players that we need to talk about. So we are going to get this going. We got our spreadsheets out. Um, If you caught my video midweek, we brought our stats out to talk about American goalkeepers that could potentially be the fourth goalie. Um, If the UK situation, so right now, before we get into this, the UK still has Panama on the red list. So we don't know if Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen, Pulisic, all of our English-based players will be allowed in Panama. 
the rules might change by the time the World Cup qualifiers come along. But for now, we are going to add a fourth goalkeeper to this list in case we need a second goalie when we go to Panama as a backup to Matt Turner. So with that said, guys, let's start filling this out. Would you say that Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen all have the top three spots for goalkeeper lockdown? Yeah, it's pretty much without a doubt at this point. Now I want to yeah, hear I agree. who you guys have as that fourth option. Tom, go for it. I got Sean Johnson. He's been, he was called in as the emergency substitution last camp. He's a good shot stopper. He's experienced with the U.S. roster. I, I think he's a logical choice for Burhalter. Burhalter seems to like him too. Yeah, definitely with the Burhalter hat on, I would say that it's probably going to be Sean Johnson. But to uh, support the the company brand, I don't know if you guys did see Jake's video from earlier this week, but uh, he had some really impressive stats. And Tim Melia really jumped off the page as somebody that's faced a lot of shots coming towards him, but also done a good job as a shot stopper. So I, what was his XG, like 15 or something like that, yeah, Jake? Yeah, positive difference. So essentially the expected goals against his team and then the difference of the actual goals scored against his team was a positive 15. So you could take that for his defense. You could take that for bad attacking. You could take that for goalkeeping. <laughs> but essentially, Timelia stood out above the rest. So why don't we do this? This first list that we're building, this is our list. We can... Take it however we want. Greg doesn't have to listen to us. Um, if I was towing the line between who I think Greg will call in versus the, what the stats show in MLS and the fourth best American goalie, I think I would pick Bill Hamid. He had some very strong stats when you looked at expected goals difference from his team, uh, saves, shutouts, all of those things looked great. And he's been with the U.S. team in the last three or four years. So he's not new to Greg. He's not new to the team. And his stats, at least in MLS this year, are just a bit better than Sean Johnson. So who are we putting here? We got to make a decision. There's three goalies that are up in the air. Who do we want as our fourth goalkeeper? Logically, I say we throw on Sean Johnson, just given that he was the emergency call-up in the last window. I think that's the most logic logical choice to make. Oh, we're, yeah, we're I being agree. Logical here. All right. <laughs> yeah, bad start. <laughs> so I know we we all agreed actually on the defenders. So we all built our roster apart from each other. We didn't talk at all while we were building our roster, and then coming together and agreeing on the thirty men. We definitely have some differences, but I know center backs. We actually all said the same five. So Ryan, maybe you can talk through who those center backs were and why we chose each of them. Uh, center back wise, I think it's pretty conclusive at this point. Uh, I know John Anthony Brooks had a bit of a shaky window with us last time, but he's definitely getting called in. It's not like he's going to be left off the roster. Maybe doesn't get as many minutes this time. Uh, I had been a proponent before of maybe playing him for the home games and then bringing in some other uh, guys that are more comfortable uh, playing down south for some of our away games. So John Anthony Brooks, Chris Richards has got to be a call-in. Um, it'll be nice, too, to get his first World Cup qualifying cap. Since the moment he's gone over to Hoffenheim, he's been their best defender and played all over the back line. So that's been pretty exciting to see that we can play him wherever we need him in case any injuries take place. Uh, Mark McKenzie has been a staple in a lot of Greg's rosters. So I think we see him. He's been getting regular minutes at Gank. 
Miles Robinson, the standout from last window, I think he really jumped onto a lot of people's radars and has looked like one of the more solid 1v1 defenders that are in the U.S. men's national team pool. Uh, and then previously mentioned was Matt Miazga. Uh, he's one of those players I think he has – he could be – he could win you a game and lose you a game. He's got a low floor but a high ceiling. Sometimes he looks – like he's the best defender on the field, but you also have to take the good with the bad. He'll get you maybe a dumb red card or, you know, even potentially a PK, but he'll also have that game-winning tackle that saves a goal. So I think he's somebody that gets thrown into the roster for our uh, five center backs. Miazka may be our best CONCACAFer. I just for sure. love money. <laughs> yeah, by far. Uh, yeah, a while ago, I forget who Tyler Adams was doing the interview with. And since Tyler Adams did spend you know some time with him at Red Bulls, uh, he definitely spoke to the fact that by far, uh, Matt Miazga is the best, uh, best trash talker on the field for sure. <laughs> definitely gets under people's skin. Um, if we had to, like, who's who do you think the first center back out is in this group? The first center back that misses the camp? I got Walker Zimmerman as that in that role. Been great for Nashville SC. Yeah, I I think that he's a great logical choice for that. Um, just misses out after having a great year for Nashville. I think he scored recently in a thrashing of uh, Miami. Uh, so he's he's in good form, but I just don't think that he's anywhere near the level of the other five. And then I think if you put the Greg hat on, Tim Reeves got to be one of the other first ones out in that position because he's been kind of that senior statesman in the team. And uh, it's good to have some seniority like that in the roster. I wouldn't be surprised if he still does get called in. Um, but if if we had our choice, we're definitely going with the five that we previously selected. Yeah, absolutely. And Zimmerman's goal that he scored against Miami was amazing. He towered over someone. Just It, it was awesome. If you can go watch that highlight, definitely go do that. It's worth it. Um, Tom, were you going to say something else about these defenders? I was going to ask what you guys' thoughts were on James Sands. I think he just hasn't put in the performances since the Gold Cup to warrant being called in again. I, he's probably not even on the first out for me. Zimmerman and Reem, I would put above him in the depth chart. Now, that's not without saying he's completely out of the picture. I just think since the Gold Cup, Plus his performance in Honduras was not a good one. He's uh, he's just on the outside looking in at this point. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with that. Yeah, and if you did catch the the New York Derby last night, he was at fault for New York Red Bulls goal and missed his mark in the box. So it's it's been a poor run of form for him, and I just think there's too many players in Europe that are performing at a high level now. Yeah, I agree. All right, Tom, do you want to go through who our fullback options are? Yeah, so we're going to start on the right back with uh, Serginho Dest as the obvious choice for our first right back. He has been in amazing form. Like we said, he's playing great as an assist as we're recording this for his game for Barcelona. He's been playing on the left at left back and has looked great there. So a utility player who might be able to play both right back and left back in this window, even though he's not looked good when he's played for the U S in the left back slot. So maybe he can turn that around if we need him to play there. I really hope we don't need him to play there because the other obvious choice is Anthony Robinson, who has been amazing at left back for Fulham this year. He's been one of their best players. He would be, it would be insane to leave him off the roster after last window and how he's looked since then. Um, I have, 
George Bello backing up Anthony Robinson at left back. He's scored for Atlanta United recently. He's put in some good form for them, and he looked decent in the last window as well. And then we have some debate about our fifth spot, but we think Joe Scally, as we mentioned, has been playing great in Germany from Munchen Gladbach, maybe has the most minutes of Americans in the Bundesliga. So, And he can play right or left back. It would be insane to leave him off this roster when we're worried about injuries and after the disastrous fullback situation last window. So that's that's my group right there. Um, we talked about a fifth, but I think there's some debate there, right? Yeah, so I had Yedlin as my fifth fullback. Just again, as a bit more of a veteran presence. I think at this point, it's kind of John Brooks, Tim Ream, and DeAndre Yedlin who are going to be players that can give that to this younger group. So for me, I do think he has a bit more to give to the team than just his on-the-field performances. So I did have Yedlin as our fifth fullback, but there are others in this group. Ryan, did you have anyone else that you wanted to add to the fullback collection? I mean, just yeah, just names that I would, I'd like to throw out there a little bit. I agree with you of bringing in Yedlin, too. He was my fifth. But uh, Yuli Narajo, the dual nat, playing for LA Galaxy, I think he's been really impressive over this season. He's showed a lot of maturity. Uh, he's, he's had a, a good run of form for LA recently, and he's one of those players that I think he – He's somebody that we need to get into our system, and he's one of those luxury picks of having a 30-man roster. So we can bring him in, get him integrated, and then if we end up with six points out of the first two games, I think you definitely put him in the 23 for the last game of the window. And not to necessarily just to get him cap tied, I think his play has warranted it. But anytime we can secure a dual national with a talent like Araujo, I think it's pretty important. Speaking of dual nationals, is it also worth bringing Jonathan Gomez to this camp who has been ripping it up for Louisville City? I'm really hesitant about bringing Jonathan Gomez, which is not a popular opinion among U.S. fans, but he's 17 and playing at USL level. Even if you're lighting up the USL, I really just don't think that's enough to warrant a call up over players who are starting and doing well in Europe or in MLS. Yeah. So I think for me... I agree. I'm going to put Jonathan Gomez as a first out, maybe a second out. He's he's further away from the team, I think, than someone like James Sands. Um, let's put James Sands over here. Julian Araujo is a very interesting one because we tried to call him in right to our September window, and he actually said, by October, he said, thank you. <laughs> by October, I'll make my decision. And you'll know then if I'm going to pick Mexico or the U.S. And I heard whispers that he had filed his one-time switch to Mexico, but there actually hasn't been any release of information since then. That was about three weeks ago. So I'm I'm interested to see now if now is the time that he does get called into one of these camps, if he accepts that call-up or not. Um, since we do have to scale it down to five or four even, who, who are those four or five that we're bringing? Do we have Araujo as the first one out? Or maybe Bello, Yedlin, I would say, are the other weaker fullbacks on this list. I'm going Yedlin Pers- still as, as my choice. And personally for me, it would be Bello, because I think we have flexibility of Dest on the left, Scali on the left, Robinson on the left. All three of those guys can play on the left. Dest and Scali give us two at right back as well. And Yedlin gives us a little bit of that senior leadership. So I think that gives us a good combination of positional flexibility 
and leadership into this window. So for me, it would be Bellow out. All right. Well, acting as the tiebreaker, I think I'm going to take Bellow out. I've heard both cases and I vote in favor of Ryan on this one. Um, but yeah, it, it could very easily be right that Julian Araujo doesn't accept the call up and Bello comes in to that group and he's, he's an excellent utility for us. All right. On to midfielders. Oh, go ahead. A name we haven't mentioned is Reggie Cannon, who has played a lot for the U S in the past, uh, had a good gold cup, but I guess his club situation is just not stable enough. He's not getting any minutes. So makes no sense to bring him in right now with these other guys in good form. And not only is Reggie Cannon not getting minutes, he's he's just disappeared. He's a missing person. He's not making the 23-man roster. There's no pictures of him at Boa Vista in Portugal. Uh, it's just a very weird situation all around. I think the transfer window kind of shouted at us that he was trying to get out of there. And if you didn't know or hear about this, but... Bovista, the team that bought him from FC Dallas, still hasn't paid their fee for um, for him. And Tom has just also let us know that Bovista has also not paid their fee for Albert Ellis, who I think was on Houston at the time yeah, of, of purchasing him. So Albert Ellis was about a million dollar transfer fee. Reggie Cannon now with incentives is growing to about three and a half million. And Bovista has not paid MLS for either of those transfer fees yet. So we're, we're hoping Reggie can get his situation cleared up soon because he is still a very young player with lots of upside and a high ceiling that has lots more to give to this U.S. team. But for the moment, he is on the outside looking in. If we move to midfielders, I think um, one, one caveat that we should talk about is health. So Tyler Adams had a muscle injury for RB Leipzig over the weekend. We don't know how serious that is, but at least from my roster perspective, I'm going to keep him on this until we hear more. Uh, Pulisic is back in individual training for Chelsea. It seems like he should be healthy enough by the time this roster comes out and by the time we're playing the games that he is back in. But the news doesn't look as good for Giovanni Reina, who was injured in the last World Cup qualifying window for the U.S. and has still not seen any of the field or practice field or individual training for Dortmund. So with that in mind, let's go through midfielders. Ryan, Tom, maybe we split this one up. I'll go first. I'm putting Tyler Adams as at the top of my list. Who do you have as second? Maybe we'll go down the list. Ryan, do you want to give us your second? Uh, even though there was a bit of controversy in the last window, I'm still calling in Weston McKinney. Yeah, I think uh, despite what Landon Donovan says, he did not do enough to <laughs> blow up his chances of being called into October. All right, Tom, do you have a third mid midfielder for us? I'm going Kellen Acosta. I'm utility midfielder. He's got to be there. Yep, absolutely. Talk about good caffers too. Very true. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So again, depending on his health, uh, Ryan was saying he was limping off when subbed out for Valencia but I am putting Yunus Musa as my fourth midfielder on this list. I love what he brings to the table and I can't see, can't wait to see him in a competitive game for the U S Ryan, who do you have as the fifth midfielder? Uh, well, I guess I got to stay on brand. So Julian green, man, let's, <laughs> let's get him in. <laughs> in this instance, I don't disagree with you. I think he does deserve a call up at this point. I'm telling you, we, yeah, I, we, I we go to Chicago if he doesn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tom, do you have I, a, a sixth? I have a sixth. I'm going to go Christian Roldan, personally. Roldan. Great. Ooh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to put him down here because I think I'm going to have to have a conversation about that. And maybe, maybe this is the line. Um, maybe there's five or six locked in, start, uh, locked in midfielders, but Roldan is definitely a question mark for me. And maybe I'll, just to be fair, I'll throw my own name in that same spot. I have Gianluca Busio getting a call up. I think he's been doing really well for Venezia in Serie A. And I think, yeah, since he moved from Nations League, from Sporting KC, been getting some nice starts, had a few assists in the last few weeks. So he's definitely on my list. Ryan, do you have anyone else that we should be adding to these question marks or a lock? Uh, I mean, question marks, if you just want to put some other names in there, I think Luca De La Torre is a name that you could throw in there. He's been playing really well in the Edervise. So he's a guy that I think he made a mistake by not coming into the Gold Cup when he turned that down to spend some time with his club. But hopefully that doesn't hold him back from being called into future windows. Again, we've harped on it a bit already, but this is why we want to see 30-man rosters is so some of these fringe players can get in there and get comfortable with the team. Yeah, definitely. Tom, did you have another player? I mean, Sebastian Legette has been a leader for Greg since he started. He's scored a bunch of goals under him. I, I just think we got to see him against CONCACAF teams. Yeah. Are there any, maybe maybe they're on the outside looking in, maybe they're not very close to the first team, but anyone else that we should be thinking about for these midfield positions? Definitely the flavor of the week from this past week was Christian Cappy uh, or Capis. That's who everyone was talking about over the week. He had an incredible week for Bronby. Uh, and then coming up this week too, he faces off against Lyon in the Europa League. So been playing at a high level and had a couple, had one real like Galasso over the weekend. It was impressive. So if you get a chance to go find the highlights from that, I would definitely take a look. Absolutely. All right. I think that's it. It feels like I'm missing someone, uh, but We'll, we'll see if we talk through this. So, okay, out of these five, let's pick three. Three, okay. Three, yeah. We have three spots for midfielders left. Is there anyone in this list of five that you think is above the rest? Above the rest, I wouldn't say, but because I, I, th- I kind of rate them all a bit the same. Uh, I think Busio by far has made a leap in his game since playing in Syria. He definitely deserves it. I got a chance to see his, uh, I think his last game and you can just tell he's, he's learning how to play at a faster pace going from MLS to Syria. He's moving the ball with one, two touches and actually able to turn a player, which is why I'm not the biggest legit fan. I, you know, I, I see a lot of back passes from him. But Busio, I think, is definitely the one that has been able to put his name above the rest for right now. Tom, if you had to pick one, who are you taking? I mean, I, I personally think Christian Roldan's been maybe the best American in MLS this year. So, you know, his form has been great. I, I want to just keep riding that until we see him dip in quality. He's not a starter for me, but he's a guy that you sub on in the 65th, 70th minute to change a game, lock a game down, get a goal if you need it. I... He can play wing. He can play a little bit deeper in the eight or the six. I I just want him as a utility player on the roster. How dare yeah. you slander Giassi Zardes like that? 
<laughs> yeah, and I mean to to the point of Roldan too. He's played in some of these stadiums that that Concagap has to go through, so that could give him a little bit of a leg up over guys like De La Torre. Even though I, I like De La Torre as a player a bit more. So while I agree with both of you on Roldan, it's interesting that we picked him out over Sebastian Legette because Legette, to be fair to him, has been more of a constant on the U.S. team over the last summer. So are we saying in terms of how we feel and how we rate these players, Christian Roldan is above Sebastian Legette in this category? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. God, that's that's a tough call, man. Uh, God, they, they're both kind of the same player. Um, so, I mean, if, if for me, it's literally a coin flip. Pick, pick whichever one you want. Right, we're we're and doing then just the coin sit. flip. We're doing Christian Roldan. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, they both play about the same for the U.S. I, I've not been that impressed with Legit all summer. So, I'm I'm not sort of saying, yes, he's been amazing for the U.S. He's got to go. But he just plays so much worse for his club than Roldan does. Like, when you watch LA Galaxy, you're never like, wow, Sebastian Legette had a great game. But when you watch Sounders, regularly, Roldan stands out as the best player on the pitch. So for me, that's the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that. You've made your case. You've won this (laughs) decision, Tom. All right, we have one more spot left. Because this, this is truly what matters, right? This is truly yeah. what matters is oh, winning yeah, arguments on podcasts <laughs> about U.S. soccer players. <laughs> All right, we have Greg's one more Bur- spot left for, for the midfielders. Who are we taking? Delatore. Yeah, for me it's Delatore, but for Greg it's going to be legit. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. No no jumping ahead. <laughs> we'll <laughs> get to that. We'll get to that. Delatore is a very interesting case to me because I still don't think he's done enough to make his case above and beyond someone like Sebastian Legette. And maybe I'm agreeing with you guys in a different sense of like, yes, I rate them the same or maybe Luca De La Torre a little bit higher because he's doing similar things at a higher level of competition. But if you're going to displace someone that Greg truly trusts and brings into every camp you can't have the same exact numbers as them. You need to be blowing it out of the water, having assists, having goals. And I just haven't seen that from Luca De La Torre yet this season, even if he's been playing well. Yeah, no, I know you bring up a good point. I think both of them too, though, are just kind of your definition of a role player. They're not necessarily somebody that ends up on the stat sheet every single time. Uh, granted, some people may push back against that and say, you know, Legette has had a lot of goals for the national team when he's called in. I would push back against that and say that it's typically been against some pretty low-level competition that Legette has, has shown up in. Yes, he scored in Honduras, but uh, if you look previously before that, he was scoring goals against, like, Panama's C team and, and games like that. So. Yeah. I see your point though, Jake, of being able to trying to compare like to like, I just think they're both individual role players and they're the guys that if I had to pick somebody that I think can fix the problems we saw in the last window of being unable to move the ball from defense to offense for me, it's De La Torre over legit. Yeah. Here's where I really wish that someone like Eric Williamson was healthy right now, because I think just based on his performances from the gold cup, 
he really deserves to be a part of this roster and rosters like this going forward as soon as he's healthy and he can get back into form because he can play the six, he can play the eight, he can he even played the ten at times during the gold cup. So I I think Greg really rates people that are flexible in their positions and can play lots of different ways. And someone like Eric Williamson could probably make these three, you know, tremble in their boots a little bit if they're looking at making this World Cup qualifying roster. Um, just another honorable mention. I think I'm going to spell it the right way, but Senora, who is playing in the Argentine, Argentinian First Division, has been scoring recently. Um, another young American abroad, but this time in South America. Um, I, I Again, I don't think he's done enough to displace the people that Greg really rates or has had on the radar, but if he keeps going like this in a very competitive league, he definitely has a future with this team. So have we locked in our midfielders? Are we all happy with this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with it. All right, let's go to our forwards. So how many do we have so far? We we, so we are at 22 right now. Yeah, we have eight spots for forwards. This includes wingers. This includes strikers. Um, Tom, let's start with you. Who's who's your first forward that you're bringing on this list? <laughs> <laughs> Is this even a question? Josh, <laughs> we gotta go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, but we gotta put Christian Pulisic first. If even if he's not a hundred percent, even if he's not fifty percent, if you can get thirty-five percent of Christian Pulisic, that's still better than not having Christian Pulisic on the roster. He's gotta be there. He's gotta play whatever minutes we can have from him. Yeah. I, I just don't see not bringing him. <laughs> if we're going bottom to top this time, Ryan, do you have a second? Uh, yeah, at the last window, uh, Brendan Aronson was really impressive. I think we got to call him back in. Yep, absolutely. I'm going to draft uh, Conrad De La Torre here. This definitely does feel like uh, we're picking De players on the playground. Yeah, it kind of does. I like, I like it. this. Uh, I like the style. We're kind of having a draft here. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom, who's uh, number four forward for you? Give me Timo Weah. Looks great we this go. weekend. Two starts in a row. His form is picking up. We got to ride it. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, number five. I'm going to go with Matthew Hoppy out of Mallorca. You know, he definitely showed out in the minutes that he got that I think he's another one of those guys that can get under people's skin, brings a little bit of swagger to his game, willing to try stuff. So if we are going to play any teams that are going to bunker a little bit, I want to see players like Hoppy that will take people on one-on-one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this this might be getting to the controversial. We need to talk about it, but I'm going to put Josh Sargent on this list. I mean, for me, I don't think it is. I know a lot of people are pushing back against Sargent right now. He's getting a lot of hate, but he's a guy that, A, knows Greg's system. Everybody talks about that a lot, but he has positional flexibility, can play on the wing, he can play as a nine, and I just, every time I watch him play, I feel like the, it, he just needs to get that one domino to fall and goals are going to start coming for him. Maybe I'm just overly optimistic. It's just kind of a gut feeling that I have, but uh, I'm, I'm a big Sargent supporter and I'd love to see him in there. Yeah. And you yeah. don't get as far as Josh Sargent has got because you're bad, because you right. can't play forward. There is something yeah. there that just needs to click and we'll have ourselves a Premier League level forward. Yeah, he he's the ultimate hustle guy. Like, even though he's not scoring, he does so much other good stuff when he plays that 
he endears himself to coaches. He's just a menace on the field. And I, I think we got to give him a look again. Like he, he just, he brings so much to the table, even when he's not scoring goals that he deserves to be on these rosters. Yep. All right. So you guys tell me when we're getting to the controversial parts then. So Tom, you have number seven on the forward list. Oh man. There are a lot of great choices, but I'm going to (laughs) go Jossie Zardes out of Columbus. I'm going to draw the line there then. (laughs) (laughs) As, as people we need to talk about, not that I disagree with you. Yeah. I, he's one of our most experienced CONCACAF strikers. You know, he's going to play some during this World Cup qualifying cycle. Dude, he can score with his left foot, with his right foot, has even scored with his face. How could you not want Jossie Zardes in that lineup? When you can score with your face, that's an impressive player. I want to know in the comments how you guys feel about Tom's obsession with the best striker in MLS. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Well, I'll go with up? yeah, I'll go with the best striker in the Swiss League. It's Jordan Pifok. Dude can't stop scoring. You know, he was able to get the game winner against United. Uh, last week and then this week. I think he had two goals this week as well. I know for sure he scored yesterday, uh, but I want to say he scored midweek as well. So you want that guy that's always like that's hot right now. He's kind of your fox in the box, but also a big guy, big body. So if we ever have it, uh, the scenario in which we need to lump the ball forward and play it long a little bit, PFOC I think is one of the only people in the roster that we have right now that actually fills that role. So kind of sets him apart from everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And he scored against Manchester United. Young boys have a game against Atalanta this week where they could keep their first place in the group in the Champions League. So we'll see how that goes. Um, If I'm just starting to fill up this list of people that we need to talk about, it's going to be Ricardo Pepe for me as the next up. Um, Tom, do you have anyone else after that? I've got Georgi Mihailovic as my next up. As a great winger who has been lighting up MLS has almost as many assists as Carlos heel. So he's, he's got to get a shout. Very true. Very true. Definitely a shout Ryan. Yeah. I think one of the last names that we should throw on there is Nicholas Giacchini. Uh, he's been in the squad before kind of seems like he's a bit of one of Greg's guys, uh, but also he's stepped it up, went from league two to league one. Uh, and has been playing fairly well in the limited minutes that he's got for Montpellier. I agree with you. This is looking very difficult now. Um, We have two spots to fill in this forward list. And under Josh Sargent, where we drew the line, is Giassi Zardes, Jordan Pifak, Ricardo Pepe, Georgi Mihalovic, and Nicholas Giacchini. Now, I will say, just looking at this list, I actually think I might want to bring three out of these five. Yeah. And maybe drop... Christian Roldan or Luca De La Torre. Got to agree that. Okay, so let's start yeah. with the striker list then first. So, are there any strikers in this list out of the five uh, first out that you think are a cut above the rest? Dude, I think people riot if we don't have Pepe in this roster. So, <laughs> like <laughs> agree, we, yeah. like, and also too, he's he deserves it. He's looked really yeah. good. So, yeah, I mean, it's not just you know, bowing to what everybody else thinks The we've all said that, you know, we love watching FC Dallas play. It's, it's really amazing to see that FC Dallas can have so many good prospects and good young players. Yet sometimes when you see them play as a team together, they're 
not necessarily one of the most impressive teams in MLS. Uh, but the way Pepe showed out in the last window, uh, I think it'd be pretty disrespectful to him not to bring him in again. Yeah. I mean, he was involved in all four goals that we scored in Honduras in his first start, in his first game time. So there's no way he's not back on this roster. Um, yeah. If I if I had a choice after this, like I actually think that Jordan Pifak and Giassi Zardes are, are a cut, both of them, above Mihalovic or Nicholas Giacchini. I think Giacchini is so close. He's just not getting the game time that he needs at Montpellier. And even though he got an assist in Ligue 1, he, he just needs a bit more time for me to be proving himself against that type of competition. But before I move Jordan Pifak and Giassi Zardes, do either of you have uh, speak now or forever hold your peace before we move those two to the forward list? I'm fine with moving them to the forward list. I'm interested to see if you guys have an opinion about moving the Hylovic to the midfielder list. I would consider myself a Mihailovic expert, but from the limited games of his I have seen, I like him more on the wing than as a central player. Um, again, that's I've probably seen a total of 180 minutes max of his games. But if if there's anybody that wants to push back against that, I'm, I'm all for it. I agree with you with moving Pifak and Zardes in there. And I think we can leave Mihailovic and Gio Akini kind of off to the side. And then if Pulisic isn't ready to go, one of those two players is on the next plane. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. And I mean, even though I personally rate Nicholas Giacchini a bit above Mihailovic, if Pulisic or someone else gets injured during that first or second game, I mean, Greg's probably calling in a U.S. or Canada-based player rather than someone based in France, just sure. as a, a replacement. Um, yeah. Okay, so I think right now we have 31 players out of our 30-man roster. Mm-hmm. We we don't have to take a midfielder. We could take a defender. Um, you could take Sean Johnson off, but then you're risking yourself only having Matt Turner in Panama. Is there one player on this list that you just feel is not at the level of the rest? I mean, I hate to say it, but for me, it's rolled on for sure. I, <laughs> I, I know, I know, a lot of MLS guys are going to roast me for that one. Um, just every time I've seen him play for the U.S., he just seems like he's just a dude. Like you know, he's he's not anything special. I feel like we could probably get a traffic cone out there to do a similar job. He's just a dude playing a dude playing yep. soccer. Exactly. I'll, I'll, push, I'll push back on that because he was really good in his sub appearances at the Gold Cup like game-changingly good when he came on the field in those matches. So I, I he's had some good performances for the U.S. recently, and he's only had one or two losses this year total. So he's, he's finding, found ways to win games. Yeah, I'll so give you that. You, who are you taking off this list in, instead of Roldan, Tom? I got Delatory. It's just not having done enough. Ooh. All right. That, no, that's given, fair. I, that's definitely fair. I can see where you're coming from on that one, Tom. Uh, I, it's interesting that we're both looking at the midfield, though. It's, that's where we want to take a player away from. Uh, I think if you look at our fullback position, um, in my mind, I think all we really need to do is bring four. So with five of them on there, uh, I think if Araujo doesn't accept the call-up, then it opens up the space for De La Torre and Roldan to stay in the roster. So therefore, they can battle it out in camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Fair. 
I, I do think if the roster rules relax and we can only bring three keepers, and I think we agree that there are three keepers who are clearly better than anyone else, then that's the obvious choice is to drop Sean Johnson. Yeah. All right, so that's good enough for me. We can stop at the 30, which is essentially if roster rules are three keepers only, that solves it because Sean Johnson's out. If Araujo doesn't accept the call-up, that solves it because we'll only have four fullbacks. And if all of those other things being equal... I will rule with Tom in this instance and take Luca De La Torre <laughs> off of this list as the last one out. So, all right, that is our 30. Um, so just quickly to run through them, Zach Steffen, Ethan Horvath, Matt Turner, Sean Johnson. And as I'm saying this, I don't want to say all these names. <laughs> so <laughs> actually, here's what we'll do. Who, who do we need to change on this roster to make it Greg's roster. Oh man. Uh, to make it Greg's roster. Uh, let me take a quick look here. Uh, if, it's Greg, if it's Greg's roster, you're switching out Julian green for Sebastian Legette for sure. Yeah. Um, for me, I've got him switching out Matt Miazga for Tim Ream. Yep. That's a good call. Okay. So legit for Julian green and Tim Ream for Matt Miazga. That's where we have the changes. Yeah, and and again, if he pulls Zimmerman instead of Richards, that I'm going to lose. I have very minimal faith in Greg as of right now, but if I don't see Richards in this next camp, it's absolute blasphemy. I mean, you'd I, have to be. Yeah. That is objectively this is a poor decision. Objectively. Yeah. 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 Greg, this, Greg's done point, that a handful of times. <laughs> at this point, Richards is just a cut above other center backs in the pool. We have to see him play as good as he is in the Bundesliga. It's insane that he has a total of 30 minutes for the U S yeah. His passing is just, I think people always want to talk about John Anthony Brooks, the way he can play those long diagonals and stuff. People do not talk about Richard's passing enough. He can truly break lines with his passing. But the, the one thing that to credit Greg on this instance is that Richard's has either been, Injured, not available, or in the middle of a transfer at the time of him being able to get called in. So I think this is now the moment where if he's really not called in and he's playing and he's available and he's healthy, then that's when we riot. Sure. <laughs> that's when we be really upset with, with Greg. I think there's objectively bad decision. <laughs> I've seen plenty of direct flights from Frankfurt to Chicago, so I'll meet you guys there. <laughs> That sounds good. That sounds good. There will be a lot of people with us, I think, if that if <laughs> yeah. that happens. All yeah. right, nice. So we we did go a little over our time allotted that we allotted ourselves. Who cares? This is our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Um, are we happy with this list then as Greg's 30? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the the previous one that we had, I think, was what what we would all desire to see, but from a you know, Greg Burhalter standpoint, I think this is what we're most likely to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. All right. So roster should come out sometime midtime, midday, midtime, midday, sometime during the week, <laughs> probably <laughs> middle of the week during a day. <laughs> and uh, we shall see. We shall see how close we get. Um, all right. Now, if you didn't have enough fun looking at our 30 man roster, we're going to go through our tweets of the week. I'll take the first one, which is 
the Tim Ream. If you haven't seen this, there is a video, there is a tweet, there's everything. Um, Tim Ream and Fulham brought on a child that was abused online for having cerebral palsy, and they made him an honorary team member for the day, celebrated the goal with him as well. Let me see if I can scroll down here. So that's Tim Ream with the kid. Um, so shout out to Kelly Porter for that tweet. Um, really amazing story. I know this is a tweet. There's not a video linked to it, but if you guys do search for Tim Ream, cerebral palsy, Fulham, anything like that, you'll get to yeah. see the video. Yeah, our shout out to Reese as well, the young the young man that suffered that. He's really stepped up and tried to turn this into a positive, and you just have to admire something like that. Uh, you can find the clip from Fulham scoring yesterday as well and the entire team running over to celebrate with Reese on the sideline. Uh, I think this is one of those stories that you show to non-football fans, and it, it can make them football fans. I mean, I showed this to my wife, and she got teary-eyed. I think a lot of people that watched it got teary-eyed. Just awesome to see positive things on the bird app. I love this. Yeah. And I love yeah. Tim Ream. <laughs> I stand a Tim Ream. <laughs> yeah. Tim Ream's just, he's a great guy. He's a great leader for the U.S. And, you know, has had a solid career in Europe. You just love to see something like that, though, where you can make a young fan's day, make their week, turn a such a horrible incident into such a positive thing for the fan. It's That's just so heartwarming great to see. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Who is taking the Timothy Weah doubters? Uh, I can't really read them on my end, but I just thought it was interesting. I love people keeping receipts. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> want to be hot takey on, on Twitter. So shout out to John Mark 93, uh, holding on to those receipts and waiting to bring them out at the right time. Perfect timing. Great selection. John Mark 93, tip of the hat to you, man. This is a great tweet. Yep. And just so our listeners can know what we're talking about, um, Tim Weah obviously had a great game on this last match day. And John is just pulling up tweets to him about how people really did not like Weah or doubted Weah could ever come back from his injury. So some of them say, I don't know what people see in Weah. Maybe youth days people keep reminiscing about. Um, his success based on what substitute minutes for club or always being hurt. Fact is he was only starting a couple games pre-injury because the player he was backing up got hurt. And last one I'll put up is if Weah isn't putting up numbers for club or country, then why even bring him in? Well, sucks to be that person because Weah is now putting up numbers for club. And I trust that he will start putting numbers up for country as well. Very, very soon. And Tom, do you want to take us through this tweet from Lisa Smith? Shout out to Lisa, by the way. I think she follows all of us, um, but it is a picture of Chris Richards and John Brooks from this past match day in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I got a tweet. Wonder what they're talking about, the two of them chatting after the match is over. Uh, maybe the youngster getting some advice from the older guy, um, but it mainly looks like he's trying to tell a really bad joke and Brooks has no interest in it at all to me. <laughs> Definitely for reference. So Wolfsburg lost that game. They both started and played the full 90 and Richards. Absolutely. His team got the best of John Brooks and Wolfsburg. I love how John Brooks is in like his, I don't know if it's like an under armor tank or something. He just really symbolizes the energy of a dad in this. <laughs> <tweet>. <laughs> and for sure. 
Man, just yeah. thinking of him as like the USA dad is amazing in this wife beater talking to our team about what, what we need to do better. The image definitely has true get off my lawn energy to it for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He'd be blending in with his lawn if he laid down with that neon green shirt as well. All right. Enough of tweets of the week. Thanks for uh, going through that with us. So now we have games to watch. What are the games that are coming up this week that you guys are really excited to see? Uh, a game I'd be more excited to see, given everybody healthy, would have been Juve versus Chelsea. Uh, I think that's a midweek match on Wednesday. Uh, still would like to see, uh, hopefully, McKenney get some minutes in there to go up against you know, a high-quality opponent like Chelsea. So to see him come in. Thursday's got a couple good ones, too, of Bronby. We talked about Christian Kappis earlier and how well he's been playing lately. So to see him go up against a higher level of competition like Lyon, then I think it's a good opportunity for him to potentially put his name on the map with Greg and then potentially maybe in January or later on get a move to a higher level, even though I know he's thoroughly enjoying his time with Ron B. Uh, and lastly, two Americans is going to be Marseille versus Galatasaray. So we could actually see Conrad V. Yedlin actually kind of going at each other because if, if uh, Conrad's playing the left wing position and Yedlin's at the right back, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the wily vet or the the young pub gets the best of that opportunity. Absolutely, Tom. How about you? I, I also had Juve Chelsea as a game that I wish Pulisic would be healthy for, so we could see McKenny versus Pulisic there. I'm not sure if that'll happen. I'm not sort of expecting it. Um, I'm going to weekend games. We got Wolfsburg coming up against Munchen Gladbach this week, so we got Scally versus. Brooks in that one, which should be a really great game. Looking forward to seeing that one. Um, we also have Dest and Barcelona going up against Atletico Madrid this year, this week, which will be a fantastic tie. And then going to a, an MLS game that I'm always looking forward to. We got El Trafico again this weekend. The LA clubs meet. The LA clubs always put on a show. It's always worth a watch. If you're looking for a game to watch that involves the two MLS teams, you cannot do better than that one this week. Absolutely. All right, I'll put my like sense in. Um, another American versus American matchup in Champions League actually is going to be Salzburg versus Lille. So we might see Brendan Aronson versus Timothy Weah in the Champions League on Wednesday. Um, even though I don't expect Zach Steffen to play, I am excited to watch PSG take on Man City. Both teams are in excellent form, and we could see Messi back on the field and healthy. And then the other one to watch, I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but it's young boys in the Champions League against Atalanta. So if they win that one, they'll be in first place, keeping their position in their Champions League group where they could top if they keep their form. Um, I know it's just one game, but beating Manchester United at home is a great result. So any any others that we missed, guys? Anything else that you're looking forward to watching this week? No, man, but I, I don't know. We listed just, what, like eight games or something like that? God, what a time to be a U.S. fan. You love it. I know. Lots of good yeah. soccer to watch. Clear your calendars. Clear any social relationships you have. Nothing else <laughs> Nothing else matters except watching yeah, sh- U.S. players. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Pete uh, at 11 Yanks. I saw him put something up that he was getting ready to watch his 17th game of the weekend. So 
you know, a tip of the hat to you, Pete. You're killing it, man. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Oh, and also, if you guys get a chance, too, they had an incredible interview with tactical manager and uh, Ad 11 Yanks with uh, Hercules Gomez. I thought it was one of the most authentic interviews uh, I've ever seen from a former USMNT player. Uh, great questions, great topics of, of conversation. Uh, if you get a chance, definitely go be sure to check out that interview. It was awesome. Herc definitely talked about a lot of things that I've been dying to hear, kind of the the actual side of what's happening within the U.S. Soccer Federation and professionals' opinion of Greg and the hiring process and what he's done with the team. Some good and some bad, so I really credit Herc with kind of making sure that he talked through all of the options and perspectives there. All right, before we wrap up, we'll do like we did last time. Any last words from you guys before we wrap up? No, no last words. Uh, if you've got wood near you, knock on it. Uh, just everyone stay healthy. How about you, Tom? Oh, uh, no. So I think we lost Tom again. He he just loves to disconnect <laughs> when we're doing our, our final <laughs> Socorro's <words>. finest. <laughs> he, his uh, Wi-Fi must have dropped out there, and he's probably going to pop back up while I'm wrapping it up. So uh, we'll wait for for Tom to interrupt. But in spite of that, everyone watching, everyone listening, make sure you click the like button so more people can find this. Make sure to leave a positive review if you are listening on any podcasts. And just thank you so much. We've had three episodes in a row that have reached 100 listeners and over 600 views on YouTube. So it means the world to us. Um, just a quick announcement as well. On October 10th, I'll be hosting a fundraiser for the Open Goal Project. It's going to be a 12-hour charity live stream. I think Ryan and Tom will be joining me at some point. Sam Stokes from Yank Report will be joining me. Meg Swanick will be actually on the ground in Panama the day of the game, joining us live from there. And we'll culminate the day in a live watch party for the Panama vs. USMNT game, which will be amazing. So make sure to mark your calendars. Make sure to hit the link below if you do want to donate and help us reach our fundraising goal. But otherwise, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Tell your BFF, tell your mom, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your cousin, tell everyone about this. And we will see you next week on Yanks Go Talking.